Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... telling us that he learned that no matter what the conditions are, his life will be divinely strengthened to serve the Lord and share the good news no matter what the circumstances are. And it's not like he's just some choice guy that God picked for this level of contentment. Yes, unique in his mission, but what is he telling us? That that same thing is for all of us, for anyone who would put their trust in Jesus. If you ask people what they want most of all, many answers come down to one word, contentment. Today, Pastor Jim will explain that true contentment is only found in a certain relationship. With that in mind, here's Pastor Jim in the book of Philippians chapter 4 with his message entitled, Joyful Contentment. So here he is sitting in jail, having to rely on people giving money from the outside to survive, And it's like he's telling us, I'm the richest man on earth. Everybody else thinks that the richest man on earth is the guy on the Forbes list of the richest people in the world. And the apostle Paul says, no, I'm the richest guy on earth. Do you know what he's also telling us here, I believe? That knowing Jesus is actually better than getting out of jail. The Bible says, the psalmist wrote, Better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. And so what is he telling us here? The Apostle Paul is saying here, listen, I would rather be in jail knowing Jesus than being out of jail in the prison of discontentment where so many people live. You see, he has the willingness to accept and embrace the things that life throws at him as the plan of God. This is not, you know, I'm getting tough. This is not some denial of what's going on. This is not some escapism. This is contentment in the midst of the ups and downs of life. But his contentment is in Jesus. Notice I said his contentment in the ups and downs of life, not content with the ups and downs of life. I'll use myself as an example. Many of you know this. I am very, very, very discontented with the spiritual state of Northwest New Jersey. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. People sit in church their whole life and they don't know nothing about Jesus. They don't exhibit his love. They don't exhibit his grace. They're selfish. They don't know anything about the Savior who died for their sins. They're still convinced that they're such a good person that they're going to go to heaven. They don't do anything for anybody else. They sin like there's no tomorrow, but they're convinced. Why? Because they have not been taught properly. Why? Because our pulpits are full of people who don't know Jesus. Full of them. I know a lot of them personally. I preach the gospel to them. They're like, I'm a pastor. I'm like, I know. 
I know, I am very discontented with that. But I am very content to giving my life to it, as I know a lot of you are. I am very content to see what God is going to do in the midst of a group of people who are willing to say, we're going to follow the Lord. And we're going to invite others to follow him as well. So that some of you are under some very difficult situations. Very, very hard. What he's saying is you can be content in them. You might not be content with them. You might want to do something to change them. But you can be content in them if you know the Lord. But notice this, loved ones. It doesn't come naturally. It doesn't fall out of the sky. Twice he says, I have learned. I've had to learn it. I've had to go through some really, really difficult times when other people who are untaught say, well, God doesn't love me. God isn't real. How could this happen? But the learned Christian says, God is working something in me and it is that I can know him more deeply and I can be content. He says, I've learned. Some of your versions say, I've learned the secret. Now, before any of you go waste your money on that ridiculous book, if you don't know what it is, good for you. Psalm 25, 14 says this, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. That's who it's with. You say, I want to see this unseen world. You have to fear the Lord. You have to revere him. You have to come to him in faith. He says, and he will show them who? The ones who fear him, who trust him, who believe in him, his covenant. So what is the apostle teaching us here? And probably more importantly, what are we learning here? Because he can teach us, but if we don't learn it, it doesn't help us. I think he's telling us that God gives commitment to his children, but that contentment will be learned and experienced in the ups and downs of life in the presence of the Lord. Without the presence of the Lord, we'll never learn contentment. Now, the apostle is very appreciative for the gift that the people gave him. And I'm sure he'd like to get out of jail. But he's realizing that contentment is not dependent on that. Contentment is not dependent on the ideal conditions. He's teaching us that real contentment can only be learned and experienced by those who give their hearts and minds to the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here today and you fall into this category. And a lot of people you'll meet and they'll say, well, I gave my heart to God X amount of years ago, but it didn't seem like anything really happened. Or I put my trust in Jesus many years ago and it didn't seem like anything happened. Here's the thing you have to learn, friend. It's constantly being learned. It's a constant, continual process. So when we talk about putting our trust in Jesus, it's not just a one-time thing and that's it, I'm done. It is a continual, lifelong trusting in Jesus. Every day, confessing our sins, thanking him for his grace, putting our trust in him. And as you determine to walk closely with Jesus Christ over many years, you too can experience the learning of contentment. 
So number one was the power of care, getting outside of ourselves, looking for opportunities to bless others and taking the opportunity for the Lord to bless us through others. Number two, the learning of contentment. It's something we have to learn. It doesn't come natural. We have to, if you will, stay at it. Number three, the strength of Christ. I put this very popular Bible verse off till the end because I didn't want to ruin it for everybody because this is one of the most popular and most misinterpreted verses in all of the Bible. Some of you might have it on a t-shirt or on your refrigerator or on your dashboard or on a coffee cup or on a pillow or something like that. This verse is all over the place and it's a good verse. It's an excellent verse. It's the Bible. But we have to understand what it says and what it doesn't say. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Some of your versions say I can do all things through him who strengthens me, but we know it's Christ. It's somewhat of an unfortunate translation. It probably is better to think of it as I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me because the idea is that um, I can do all things through Christ or in Christ who infuses his strength into me. So people read this verse and they think, well, I can do all things. I can do anything. You know I love you, right? You can't do anything. Let me give you an example. I used to play basketball. I'd like to be in the NBA. (laughs) It's not gonna happen. And it's not because, well, I'm called the pastor, not the NBA. That's not the reason. It's not the reason. So you're saying you can't do all things? No, I can't do all things. See, remember we say when we're reading the Bible that context is king, and the context of the Bible teaches us how to understand Bible verses. So here he's telling us what he learned. Remember twice he said, I've learned. And what has he learned? He's learned to be content, but what also has he learned? He says this, I've learned that no matter where I find myself in times of plenty, in times of poverty, no matter where, I can be content because of my union with Christ. That's how I can be content, because I know him. He's telling us that he's learned that no matter what's going on, he knows he belongs to the Lord. He knows, as the Bible says, that he is under the shadow of his wings. He knows the Lord cares for him. What would that mean to a guy who's in prison awaiting possibly a death sentence? I don't have to be afraid because I know God has allowed me to be here. It means, it seems like I'm alone, but I'm really not alone because Jesus is with me. He's telling us that he learned that no matter what the conditions are, his life will be divinely strengthened to serve the Lord and share the good news no matter what the circumstances are. And it's not like he's just some choice guy that God picked for this level of contentment. 
Yes, unique in his mission, but what is he telling us? That that same thing is for all of us. For anyone who would put their trust in Jesus. That's why he's always telling us, do not be afraid in the Bible. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Lo, I am with you always. I wanna say this. There's no nice way to say this. And if I don't say this, if you're not really a Christian, I don't mean you checked off Christian on your census report or you went to the hospital and it said religion. You're like, ah, Christian, of course, you know. But if you don't believe that Jesus is with you and has promised strength to you in the place where he's put you in life, there's probably a good chance you're not a Christian yet. Probably a really good chance that you're not a Christian yet. What's clear here is that the apostle's sense of contentment does not come from himself. It comes from the outside. It's a supernatural power that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when we watch movies, it's part of movies and stories. It's such an interesting thing that God has really programmed us this way. You watch a movie, somebody's in trouble, right? And what happens? All of a sudden, somebody comes from the outside and rescues. And the whole audience, yeah, 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 yeah. God has programmed us to love that. He's programmed us to love that because he knows that we need a rescuer. We're in the Christmas season. The angel tells Joseph, you're gonna have a son. You're gonna call his name Jesus because he will save his people from his sins. Of course, the question is, are we his people? Have we been saved from our sins? And so here the rescuer comes from the outside and says to the apostle, though it appears you are alone in jail, you are never alone. The Bible is a strange book. It's been said of the Bible that it's the only book that you have to read that you have to know the author to understand it. I was a Star Wars fan. Sometimes I read the Bible like I'm Yoda. And I'm like, hmm, strange you are, Bible. <laughs> strange book you are. right? I just, because the Bible is so against the human grain. That's why people get so angry about it. You have people, it's against the human grain and people who don't understand it are trying to explain it to people who don't understand it and talk about a mixture of bad stuff. The Bible says if you want to be strong, all you have to do is become weak. The Bible says if you want to be full, all you have to do is be empty. The Bible says if you really want to be independent of your circumstances, all you have to do is be dependent on the Savior. And then you can have the peace on the inside while the hurricane's going on the outside. Yet how interesting it is that our dependence on the Lord still requires effort on our part. Still requires learning on our part as God's grace is given to us. You may not know this, those of you who are new, but our church has a theme verse. It's Colossians 1.28 purpose of our church is to help people become committed followers of Jesus Christ. That's really just a very loose, loose, loose rendering of Colossians 1.28. Colossians 1.28 says this, the apostle Paul writes, him we preach. Talking about Jesus, him we preach. 
So if this is your church, or let's say you're looking for a church. If you're in the area and you don't have a church, we'd love you to join us and come here week after week. But if you're looking for a church, whether it's in this area or not, or wherever you live, you're looking for a church, or you're going to a church, doesn't seem to be getting it done for you, here's a thing right here you have to understand. If they're not preaching Jesus, then it's not a church. And I don't care whether it has a cross, candles, Bibles, whatever. If it's not preaching Jesus, it's not a church. That is Christianity. Remember, Christianity is Christ. Him we preach. Now look at this. Warning every man. Oh, I don't like that part. People, oh, I just want to feel good. God wants people to feel good all the time. Not according to the Bible. <laughs> Warning every man and teaching every man. What does that mean? What does that mean? That means that when we teach the Bible, we teach it in a way that is designed to get it to penetrate all of our hearts. All of our hearts. And we make no apology for it. The Apostle Paul makes no apology for it. We preach Jesus and we warn people and we teach people. You say, why? It says it right here that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. A lot of the idea of that word is mature. I don't want anybody from this church to get to heaven and go, which is the New Testament? Who's the apostle Peter? And more than anything else, I want you to recognize Jesus when you see him. Because I want you to have been warned about our own way. We're all like sheep who've gone astray. But I also want us in the warning to have experience being strangely attracted to this Savior, so much so that when we see him, we'd know it. You say, well, how in the world do we do that? I mean, the Bible says that humanity is a bunch of stiff-necked people with hard hearts towards God. That's true, it does, doesn't it? You say, well, how can we make a difference in the area where God has placed us here in Northwest New Jersey? How can that be? He tells us in verse 29, he says, to this end, I also labor. He said, this is how I work. When I'm working hard, striving according to his working, which works mightily in me, mightily. What is he saying? Philippians 4.13 is at work in me. I know, I know in all things that God is gonna strengthen me. But the emphasis is not on the strength. The emphasis is rather on who it comes from. That is Jesus Christ that delivers the strength and the contentment. In what? In all things. In all things. What was the Philippian church's problem? Well, we know they had problems on the inside. They were having some arguments in their church about dumb things, no doubt. Because the apostle Paul didn't correct it, so it must have been dumb things. When the apostle says, I think you guys need to figure it out, then we know it's not a doctrinal thing. They're also having problems on the outside. You know, God's on their team and they're afraid of Caesar. What was their biggest problem? They didn't believe Philippians 4.13. They didn't believe that they could do all things that God had allowed into their life through Jesus Christ who had strengthened them and would strengthen them. They didn't believe it. You say, well... Not us, we're Americans. It's on all our coffee mugs. Of course we believe it. 
No, I think our problem is actually a little worse. That we have made all things so ridiculous that we sort of have detached ourselves from the obligation to believe it. So what are some of the all things? Maybe that impossible boss that God gave you. Maybe you can survive there because Jesus will strengthen you. How about that marriage or family situation that's just not going right? God says, you can do all things because I'll give you strength for that. See, we set these unrealistic things. Some people in our church are starting businesses. I'm so excited about that. But they're automatically, it's like, well, I can do all things. I'm going to have a billion dollar company. Probably not. Probably not. Maybe, but probably not. But you know what you can do? You can operate it honestly and still survive. You can have integrity and still make it. Because you can do all things. Basically, you can do all things that God has asked you to do because he's promised you the strength to do it. We said at the beginning that contentment's not for sale. The simple reason is this, is the price is just way too high. Because true contentment cost the life of the Son of God on the cross. The Apostle Paul is just living out what Jesus lived. He was abounding in heaven. And then he became abased here on earth. The night before he was crucified, he said, Father, if it's possible to let this cup pass from me, if there's any other way to pay for the sins of the world, listen, I'm all, all for that. And then he said, not my will, but thy will. And then he stood up, empowered for the task, and said, here comes my betrayer, ready to go to the cross. True contentment comes in resting what Jesus Christ did on the cross. He was rejected by his father, so you would never have to be if you put your trust in him. He was abandoned by his father, but you never would have to be if you put your trust in him. And if you possess him, you have all you need. Well, you say, but I have needs. I'm worried, I'm anxious. Jesus said this, Matthew 6, 33, very popular verse, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. You say, where do I start? Well, it's always funny when you come to the end of the messages, the reality is, is that where you start is the same place for a believer as it is for an unbeliever. John 1, John says this, John 1, 10, he says, he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. Jesus was here, God visited earth and we missed it. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. They didn't believe in him. They didn't put their trust in him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. What does that mean? That we're not all born children of God. We have to believe to become children of God. We have to put our trust in him. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The supernatural new birth that comes to all who turn to God and put their trust in him. And Jesus promises forgiveness of sins. 
in eternal life and joyful contentment in Him. And once again, we see the power to give because though the price is so high, God was willing to give His own Son so we could get it. That's it for today with pastor and Bible teacher Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. We hope and pray that Pastor Jim's simple and passionate verse-by-verse, line-by-line teaching through the Word of God is bringing growth to your Christian faith. Now that you've heard from us, we would love to hear from you. Please let us know how we can pray for you, answer any questions you may have, and let us know how Change by Love has helped you. Perhaps you want someone to explain to you how to have your sins forgiven, how you can go to heaven, and how you can get started or restarted in your faith. Maybe you're looking for a good Bible teaching church in your area, or maybe you just need someone to talk to. Remember, friends, we are here to serve you and to help you, so that someday the Lord will use you to serve and help others. That's the way the kingdom of God works, and we're thrilled to participate with you in the adventure. There are many ways to contact Pastor Jim and the team here at Change by Love. All of our contact information is on our website, www.changedbyloveradio.com. Once again, that's changedbyloveradio.com. Maybe you would like to bless us by writing us a card or a letter. Our mailing address is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Once again, that's Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Please join us next time on this same station. Until then, stay close to Jesus, and we know that you too will be changed by His love.